Kia ora, nice to have you listening today. A recent study is painting a remarkable comeback story following the 2016 Kaikoura earthquake. Uh, it was 7.8 magnitude, that quake, and it had decimated nearly all of the seabed ecosystems in the so-called Kaikoura Canyon. But some analysis of data from 2020 shows that parts have already returned to their pre-quake state. In fact, it's taken only a third of the time that scientists had initially predicted. Niwa and Te Heringawaka, Victoria University of Wellington PhD student Katie Bigham is with us now to tell us more. Hi there, Katie. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. Nice to talk to you. What happened in 2016? Yeah, so as I'm sure... People who were here um, remember there was that quite large earthquake. And um, just as the same way that the earthquake triggered landslides and uplifting of the coast on land, um, some of those events were taking place underwater as well. So in particular, there's a, a deep sea canyon off the coast of Kaikoura. And um, a, a lot of those walls failed and triggered what we call a canyon flushing event. So a lot of landslides coalescing in the the floor of that canyon and moving large amounts of sediment out um, in and out of that channel system. Uh, thank you. Back to this interview in a moment, just to share some breaking news just through for our political junkies listening. Michael Wood has resigned as a minister. We'll have more for you on that in the 2pm news uh, and you'll find it online too. That's just through from our political team. Michael Wood has resigned as a minister. Uh, apologies, Katie, and, and tell me, what did that canyon look like? What sort of ecosystems are we talking about? Yeah, so before the earthquake, um, it was actually sort of serendipitously uh, a NIWA and uh, international voyage had gone to the canyon in 2006. And so we had some really good imagery and then some subsequent surveys in that canyon as well. So we had some great idea of what was uh, what the ecosystem was like down there. Um, and it was highly, highly productive. So it was already a really special place. Um, and uh, had a hundred times the biomass of other deep sea sites we had seen previously around the world. Um, and then following the earthquake, it was pretty bare, so very clear sediment, very few, if if any, animals in in the sediment, um, and quite a barren sort of desert environment. Um, and so we were quite surprised when we came back in 2020 and, and to see just how many animals were back in the canyon system. Um, and how prolific the community had had responded and recovered to the event. Yeah, what sort of animals are we talking about? Animals and life forms. Yeah, so a lot of these animals are. Uh, they, it's a very soft sediment area, so can you think of muddy and sandy, and a lot of these animals burrow or or live in and around those. So typical stuff that you would see on um, our beaches, but obviously the deep sea cousins. So sea stars, sea urchins. In particular, there's this sort of unique uh, single-cell organism. It's a type of foraminifera. Um, and those we saw in quite large numbers before the event, but also in massive, like double the number after the event. So um, those are some of our sort of early colonizers uh, that were able to respond really quickly. Yeah, and, and fish and other life forms go with the fooders. So how about the actual seabed landscape? Are you seeing... Uh, um, some development there as well in terms of habitats and things that might attract the right species? Yeah, absolutely. So so it's a big, um, it's quite like a chicken and the egg um, with these animals because they live so closely in the sediment. So um, I guess I mentioned earlier, it was like quite a smooth seafloor. Um, and part of that was because there weren't animals burrowing in it, creating tracks in it. And so 
we're starting to see that environment become rougher and, and more bioturbated is what we call it, um, as those animals are coming back and making their homes and feeding and doing everything they do in that area. How are you getting this information? Uh, so, like I mentioned, we had uh, video. Well, we had a, there was a cruise that was out um, in the canyon or beforehand. And so primarily this study is, is focused on video, but there's also some mud samples that have been collected. And so um, that's, again, a NEWA, NEWA cruise beforehand. And then subsequently we took that same equipment out on the on the NEWA's RV Tongaroa um, and resurveyed, tried to survey the same sites as close as possible. This is only 2020 data too. Um, I'm, I'm sure that it makes sense for a scientist, but why the lag for the rest of us? Why are we only now seeing what was happening in 2020? <laughs> yeah, so um, this project is, is, I mean, this is a big part of my PhD project and um, PhD projects take about three or four years. So I started in 2019 and I'm, I'm getting very close. I'm hoping to submit next month. And so as I'm finishing up, all of the conclusions are coming together and these final pieces of work. Um, so the type of things I've been working on during my PhD are like, um, there's thousands of images that make up this data set. So I had to look at every single one of those images count every animal in them, and then put those through various statistical analyses. So there is a bit of a lag time when it comes to science. Yeah, hey, well done, by the way. <laughs> and what went right, Katie? I mean, we get so many bad news environmental stories. What has gone right here that this sea life has come back much earlier than expected? Yeah, so um, in in part, you know, like we, we don't get to see these types of events in the deep sea very often. Um, so this is a really unique study with a really unique data set, um, uh, really exciting to be part of. And um, and so part of it is like pushing our understanding of how these ecosystems can respond. So this canyon system is making us think that some of these deep sea ecosystems can come back quite quickly. And part of that is because of how dynamic that environment is. So, um, you know, these large scale earthquakes we think happen every 100, 200 years, but also there's smaller events happening. So just the same way that you, you know, might have a small landslide on a, on a hillside, um, those type of events uh, happen on a more regular basis and the community is able to adapt and respond to those, which predisposes them to these bigger events, kind of like when you take a vaccine before getting the flu or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, this is something that historically would have happened before, unlike human environmental interventions, which uh, animals have no, life forms have no sort of evolutionary equipment to deal with and um, don't really have stand much chance against. Yeah, that's correct. Um, And we initially, some of the goals of this study was to look into this large scale event and and see if it was comparable to some of these, uh, you know, human disturbances as we're doing more and more of these and you know have potential for like deep sea mining in the future um and we did see that that one this event is just on a different scale than what we typically um is a typical human impact but also as you say it's in an environment where uh, this has likely occurred before and will happen again it still provides some really great data for understanding disturbance in the deep sea, um, as well as kind of sort of highlighting some of the gaps in our knowledge and what we really need to understand about these environments um, before we disturb them. Kind of cool to think that if something like this happened somewhere else in the world, uh, scientists would take a look and they would say, well, 
look what happened in Kaikoura. Thanks to the work that Katie did, we can see how fast this all came back and that might give us an indication what we can expect in our own patch. Yeah, it's been just an absolutely incredible project to be part of. I've been really lucky to work on it, um, and I also was able to be on that 2020 voyage, so it was really special to be out in Kaikoura. And the canyon is quite close to the um, to the shore, and so mm. when you're sitting on the boat, you're maybe 200 meters from uh, the road and the town, and so it's quite quite an incredible ecosystem to get to study. Yeah, what must it be looking like now, three years later? Yeah, so as part of my work, I did a, um, I did some predictive modeling, um, and at the earliest estimates, uh, we think that now, today, in 2023, that the community may look the way it did back in 2006. Um, that's, of course, our earliest estimate, and it could take longer, maybe closer to 10 years, Um but we really need to get back out there and collect more images and more data to, to know for sure what's going on in the canyon. Will you be doing that or are you moving on to a new project? <laughs> I am trying to get this project done, I will say, is my focus at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'd love to be involved in the future, but um, there's yeah, it's challenging to get funding and deep sea research is quite expensive. So um, it's it's something that we're really looking into at the moment and trying to find avenues to to make this work happen. Um, but it's nothing on the books yet. Yeah. Do you know what you want to do uh, career-wise once this PhD is done? Yeah, I'm really excited to continue working in, in this type of deep-sea ecologic space, particularly around disturbances. Um, you know, it's becoming a, a more and more prevalent uh, topic of study and um there's all kinds of spaces that, that we're thinking about how our impact on the seafloor filters through um, across the ecosystem. Good stuff. Well done on this one. And uh, nice to have some good news from uh, the seabed. Thanks, Katie. Cheers. Thank you. Katie Biggums, PhD student at Te Heringa Waka, Victoria University of Wellington, works with Niwa too, and has found that the sea life has recovered more quickly than expected after the 2016 Kaikoura earthquake.